Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, I want to welcome everyone to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is Brandon Allen. And today I want to try something a little different. This is a little bit different format than what I have normally done. But one of the things that people ask me about, and this happens every once in a while, I read a book. Every once in a while I read a book, people ask me, hey, what books are you reading? What uh, What's on your reading list? Well, one thing that I can tell you is if you're interested in reading about or hearing about what books I read, if you go to goodreads.com, I'm actually fairly active on the Goodreads platform. I don't know if that's cool or not. It may make me very uncool. Some of you are already hitting the unsubscribe button as a result of me sharing that information. Um, If it makes you feel better, I also still have a Friendster account um, for what it's worth. So there you go. But the other thing that I thought about trying is just giving maybe some thoughts and some ideas around some of the books that I'm reading and maybe that helps you decide like, hey, is this a book I want to read, right? Because just because just because I read it doesn't mean that it's something that's worth reading, right? It just means that, uh, you know, I wasted my time on something that maybe wasn't very good. Um, so I want to talk about some of the books that I read and go through that I think would be beneficial to entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders to help them take their next step in leadership. And so one of the books that I read a while back, and I've been meaning to do this uh, podcast, man, it's been like three or four weeks. Uh, It's ridiculous how hard it is to record a podcast. Um, It's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. It's Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. And so this is an MD who has studied and and worked in the mental health aspect of healthcare for a long time. And, And there's a lot of things that I liked about this book. And so a lot of times when I tell people, hey, I'm reading a book called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's really about, you know, how the impact how this impacts not only the body, right? Because we, we think about trauma as being just a mental disorder, but it, it really talks about how it, it affects our wiring, how it affects our physical health and all these different things. And I really became curious about that. I mean, number one, you know, at my age and I'm in my mid forties now, you know, I've unfortunately known far too many men around my age, people that I went to high school with, college with, and and I'm not I'm not talking about like one or two people. I'm talking about probably at least a dozen men that that I've known over the years who've taken their own life, and they've taken their own life because of things that have happened to them in their past, uh, things that are now manifesting themselves and expressing themselves physically for them. And there's a real danger for people with regards to, you know, how they process and deal with trauma, especially for men, because as men, we're told, you know, hey, don't express your feelings. Don't be weak. You know, don't be a pussy. Um, you know, if you, if you, if you cry or whatever, you know, that's weak. And so, you know, these are things that I've battled, uh, my entire life and they've expressed themselves in ways that sometimes have not been healthy, not only for me, but also for people around them. And I, I really think that, you know, the ironic thing about, you know, my life as I look about the, as I look at the progression of kind of how I got here, you know, people always laugh about the fact that I have four daughters, but, you know, I think God gave me four daughters for a reason. And it was really for me to really reckon with myself about what kind of a dad did I want to be for my own kids and where do I need to get healthier in my own thoughts, feelings, and attitudes in order to be the kind of dad 
that I wanted to be for them. And that knowing that how I showed up early on in, in my, my fatherhood, um, was not going to take, uh, was not going to be helpful for my kids. And I wasn't going to be the kind of dad that they needed. So I really thought about that. But what does this have to do with you? I think there's a lot of elements here that, that I want you to just think about and maybe chew on for you. And look, my story is not your story. Everyone has their own history, their own things that have been traumatic for them. My trauma is not your trauma. Your trauma is not mine. And I'm not trying to say that, uh, you know, this is all the same, or I'm not trying to put people into a box that maybe they don't belong in in this situation. But this caused me, this is something that I've been working on, my own mental health for a couple of years now, specifically. And when I say working on it, I'm talking about working with a therapist, working through specific things that have happened in my past to figure out, you know, where can I create better pathways, better patterns of behavior that will serve me not only today, but also serve me in the future. And by servicing that area of my life better, how does that impact the people around me for the better? And how do I, you know, how do I create that aspect? And so I think about, you know, what that means for entrepreneurs and leaders. And there's one thing that I know. Some of the most successful people that I know, some of the most funny, engaging, driven people that I know have the worst sorts of trauma in their lives. And there's two pathways I think that trauma leads people in a lot of ways, and I'm oversimplifying this for sure. But there's two main pathways that I see. Number one, the trauma suffocates them, it defines them, and they become just, you know, they, they, they really have a hard time expressing who they are and they kind of shut down and they shrink. And then there's the other kind of person, and this is the category that I fell into, is I didn't want people to know what had happened to me. I didn't want people to know that I was impacted. I didn't want people to know that I struggled. And so in order to allow for people to not know and see and understand my struggle, I worked as hard as I possibly could to show other people that I was just fine, right? I was an overachiever. I was addicted to winning because winning was where the value is. And look, do I still have the struggle? Absolutely. I did a coaching session with my coach last week where this was staring me in the face, this this issue of performance in value and finding value in what I do rather than value in who I am. And I still find that monkey mind creep up in situations where I decide that I'm going to perform instead of just be and let who I am be enough in that. It's very difficult. And so I found that I, I ran as hard as I could to prove everyone on. And that performance cycle, unfortunately, the problem with doing as being your source of value is that it's never good enough. You can never do enough. You can never, uh, you can never accomplish enough for enough people where you're ever satisfied. It's a, it's a hamster wheel or a cycle that until you decide to break free from that is something that you always run in. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's exhausting. It's exhausting to show up that way and perform that way. And so when I think about this, look, for those of you who are leaders and entrepreneurs who influence other people, if you want to be the best leader you can be for other people, you've got to be the best person that you can be for yourself. And God gave you a specific set of talents and abilities and experiences 
that shape the best of who you are. And the great thing about this is no two people have the same walk in this life, which means that no two people have a similar orientation towards their greatness because it's always just a little bit different. How you are and how you operate and how you show up is just a little bit different than another person. Now, there may be some similarities to someone else, but the, you know, but the, the total picture is always going to be something that's a little bit different, and that's your competitive advantage. And so the reason why I bring up the body keeps the score is, number one, for you and for your own personal trauma. For those of you who have gone through trauma, for those of you who've had things that have happened in your life that uh, continue to hold you back, you know, this is a great book in just reading through this. And number one, recognizing that, look, number one, you're not alone. Number two, you, sometimes the things that you do and the ways that you behave are so automatic and so ingrained in your wiring that it's an automatic response. It's just like blinking or breathing or anything else. And I think sometimes we get into a pattern of shame over our own behavior, but it's behavior that is so wired, right? Those pathways in our brains are wired in such a way that it, it just, we naturally show up and behave certain ways. And the reason why we did that, right? And this is so helpful to understand. This is something that I've had to realize is that the way I show up and the way that I am was born out of something that was for my own survival. Everything that I do that is not a good habit for me was born out of something that was necessary for my own survival because our brain is wired towards survival. But the problem is, is that now I operate out of a space where there are threats that don't exist. There are threats from 30, 35 years ago that are no longer real, but I still operate as if they are. And everyone who's uh, engaged in trauma has these survival mechanisms that they've created that help them survive something that was horrific or very difficult or very challenging. And now you're left with those behaviors that continue on that are now just very natural and automatic responses to situations that our brain will misread and say, oh my gosh, that's, that's the trauma. Okay. This is how you react. And then we automatically react that way. And when we get, we can get right in this area, it really opens up a whole new level of empathy for other people. Because I know for me, you know, I, I think that really, I really struggled with that. And so the other thing that I thought was really helpful for this book is to recognize not only my own automatic survival responses, but what are other people's automatic re, uh, survival responses that come along with that? And so when I'm talking about reading this book and what is the benefit to you, um, it's not only for your own benefit of maybe working through some trauma and some things that have maybe held you back, but it's also in relating to other people and having empathy. When I was younger, especially, and this is still something that I have to work on, my level of empathy was very low. For most people, if you came to me and shared a problem with me, even if I didn't say this outwardly, my inward conversation was, well, just handle that shit. Like, what is your deal? You know, just, just fix it, right? I was, I was the Bob Newhart, right? If you ever saw that, like I was just the, 
just fix it type of person, right? And you've heard me talk about this on this podcast. I've, I've talked about it a lot, but you know, I didn't have empathy. But when you lead other people and you work with other people and you lack empathy, it's hard to put yourself in people's shoes. So then we become overly demanding. We become uh, passive aggressive. We become angry and judgmental because people aren't performing at our, at our level of expert, our expectation and we don't understand why they don't have the tools to succeed. When I read a book like this about the body keeps the score, listen, not only does it illuminate my, my own trauma, but it also makes me recognize that people have some pretty damn horrendous experiences that they never talk about. Sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, you know, whatever it is, right? Psychologically traumatic situations. There's a lot of different things that people experience that I have no idea about that they don't talk about. You know, when people knew me when I was a kid, they didn't know the extent of what I dealt with, what were the demons that, that existed in my head. They had no idea what that looks like. And the reason why they didn't know is not because they didn't care. It's because I wouldn't tell them. I wouldn't let them into that. They were completely shut out to that. And I put on a per- persona and a veneer that just kept people away from that. Man, if I just keep people laughing enough, if I keep people uh, engaged enough in bullshit, then I will keep them from knowing and understanding the real me. And I spent a lot of time committed to that process. And so other people do the same thing. And so you have people that you work with, people that you live with, people that you care about that engage in this behavior. And I think understanding the psychology behind that and the wiring and everything else and their neurology and everything that goes into trauma will help you have a different appreciation for the people in your life and what they're going through. And maybe at some small level, right? And, and there's people who've had experiences that I have not experienced. I don't understand it at the deepest level that they do, but it also allows me to at least put myself in their shoes and, and at some level understand where they're at and appreciate that and walk with them in that space. And if you want to be a great leader, this is a great way to really connect yourself with other people is to put yourself in their shoes. And I'm not talking about enabling bad behavior or enabling poor behavior, but I think it's important to not place labels or judge other people as much because once we judge, right, and we come to a conclusion, we're done with that particular person or that particular issue because you already know everything about it. So every time you walk into a situation and you judge someone or something or you judge your level of learning or you judge uh, something that you're showing up to, your ability to learn and discover more about that person or that thing or that workshop or whatever it is, it's over. And I see people walk into a, a training scenario where they act like, I already know everything. And if you already know everything, guess what? You're right. There will be nothing else to learn because you already know that. But if I already know that someone's stupid or lazy or uncommitted, guess what? I'm right. There's no way. I've, I've already drawn that situation to a final conclusion. Case closed. It's over. There's nothing new to learn in that situation. And if I do learn something, it's going to be by accident or it's going to be fortuitous because it won't be by my hand. And so this is where that judgment can be really unhelpful. And so I think sometimes understanding where people, uh, where people get tripped up, why they behave the way they do, what really drives that will allow us to stay open-minded and in a learning mode with other people so that we can learn and grow and understand them as well as ourselves, right? And look, how many times do we place judgments on ourselves 
And then guess what? You're absolutely right. I mean, if you're a failure, if you're lazy, whatever the the thing is that you tell yourself over and over and over again, right? We all have those things. Then you will show up that way. You have no choice, right? You the conclusion is made. You have you have already closed the case on that particular situation. And so the last part about this is how we relate to our gifts. And I think an understanding trauma and understanding like our mental health and how that impacts people for me personally. And I know for people, uh, whether you, whether you're someone who's maybe underdeveloped and underachieves because of trauma, or if you're someone who overachieves because, because of that, right? They're both symptoms of the same thing. And the thing is, is that we have allowed our greatness to be diminished in this area. And for an overachiever, it's like, well, how could you say that I'm diminishing my greatness by overachieving? But for me personally, I found that at times I operate or work in things that I can do, but they're not the best service to my purpose and they're not the best value creation to other people. They're all driven by my ego. And so I say yes to things or I engage in things and I do things that are purely ego-driven, but they're not purpose-driven. But they're driven by that need to overachieve and to show people that, man, I don't want to look weak. I don't want, to, I don't want people to think I can't do things. So I got to go out there and I got to perform and I got to pr- prove of people otherwise. But on the other side of this, look, is the underachiever, the underperformer. And in that area, they think, well, God, my ego is not involved here, but your ego absolutely is involved because you're more committed to fear and doubt and worry and scarcity than you are to seeing what's possible in your own value creation. So instead of oversharing your gift, you undershare your gift with the world. And now you've deprived all these people of your greatness because you're scared of what will happen if you play at that different level. And I'll tell you this right now, as I'm talking about this, I'm not judging that. I'm not. Because you've got these two pathways that we operate on that are, that are really, you know, two sides of the same coin. And I'm not judging that because I understand it. But the reality is, is until we reckon with those things and we cut away and we become secure with who we are and our own personal being, it'll with, it'll withhold, it, it will hold us back in our ability to be the best versions of ourselves to then allow that to express our purpose and then allow that to create impact in all the different relationships that help drive us either personally or professionally. And the body keeps the score. It's a little bit of a longer read. It's not terribly wrong or long. And look, and I would, I would really say as in reading this book, I mean, uh, I found it to be very interesting and I'm not like a medical professional. I do have a, a strong desire to understand how people operate and how people function and why they show up the way they do. That is a passion of mine. But, um, look, if this is something that resonates with you, if you found that, look, there are some patterns of behavior that, that, uh, do not serve me currently, right? And I'm not judging that. You get to decide what that is. You know, if there are patterns of behavior right now that do not serve you, what is driving that? What could be behind that? And is that potentially a function of something that's happened to you in the past that looking at talking with a medical, uh, a mental health professional about would be able to do that? Because I mean, in terms of coaching, you know, coaches are not therapists. We are not qualified to do therapy. We're not qualified to talk about your past. We don't do that, right? We stay in the here and now and, and what that looks like for the future. But as soon as someone wants to delve into their past and their past hurts, that's where I start to recommend as a, as a, as a coach that they start to, that they begin a journey with a mental health professional and they seek out that advice because that is not an area that I'm qualified to talk to uh, someone about. And so 
Think about that for your own journey. Where have you seen that uh, show up for you? Do you have people in your life that maybe understanding that would be helpful for you? I thought this book was just really awesome in, in outlining uh, just different tri- different modalities, different treatments, different ways of looking at things besides sticking people on pills and hoping it all works out, right? But getting to the root cause and the underlying issues uh, that trauma creates and what are some out-of-the-box ways that, that people are looking at, at healing trauma right now? And then and how does that just help you to create a better appreciation not only for yourself, but also for the people around you and the world around you? So that's kind of my synopsis of The Body Keeps the Score. Now, here's how you can help me. If you think this is helpful, if you like hearing about just some of my uh, experience with the book and where I felt like uh, something like this was helpful, um, I didn't really dive into a lot of the nuts and bolts of the book, but you can kind of go into that and and think about that. But for me personally, I, I just really loved just the the history of, of mental health the and how mental health has been shown to impact all the different areas of our health all the different ways that our brain operates and what is being done today to help people make breakthroughs in these areas. I thought it was fascinating. One of the things that they talked about, and I think this is so true, and this is something that's near and dear to my heart, is they talk about, look, the biggest threat to society is child abuse. And man, I am a total believer in that. Because when we wreck children, I mean, we wreck society. And I can appreciate that firsthand. I understand what that looks like. And and I just think that it's such a powerful thing to really create awareness around and really talk about because I think for a lot of people, there's just a lot of stigma around that. Like, I don't want to talk to people about where I struggled or where I suffered. And, and there's a lot of pride that gets wrapped up into that. And I'm just telling you right now, man, I just want to be someone who uh, is open about that and really discusses that and talks about that openly with people to maybe inspire you to be more honest about your own situation and where you're at and and get the healing and growth that you're looking for in your own personal life, not only for your sake, but for the sake of those people around you who care about you and love you as well. So I want to thank you guys for listening. If you guys thought this was helpful, if you found this interesting, if you want to hear more about other books that I'm reading and make this a part of the podcast, hey, don't hesitate to drop me an email. Um, you know, hit me up at newworkrevolution.com. You can uh, hit me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, and uh, let me know what your thoughts were on the on the book, on the podcast. And if you like the show, rate the show, right? You can do that in Apple or other podcast venues. Any ratings or feedback that you give is always appreciated. So I want to thank you guys again for listening, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.